0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by m Bank, your partner in possible.
1: What is up, soccer fans, and welcome to episode two of Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. Very exciting times in the soccer world right now because U.S. Men's National Team are on to the round of 16 in the 2022 World Cup. They defeated Iran 1-0 in their last group stage match. That is exactly what they needed. They needed a win to advance they did that, and if you were uh, enjoying the game with us down at the Power and Light District for our watch party uh, with Sporting Kansas City and KCPL down there, well, then you know just how freaking awesome the turnout and crowd in Kansas City has been. They showed it just like every other shot on the Fox Soccer broadcast, and it has just been So fun. The first watch party that I ever got a chance to do here in Kansas City, they've just gotten like bigger and bigger each year. Um, And they've been going on beyond or before I even got to Kansas City. But I, in 2019, was talking with Nate Bukati about joining Sports Radio 810 at the time. And he was like, well, why don't you come on down and help out with this Women's World Cup watch party? So that was like the, like the first taste um, that I got. You know, I, I kind of had already seen what Casey sports fans and soccer fans were all about. But that was like, I remember just such a memorable experience and really like showed just how passionate KC soccer fans were. And to now be a part of it, like in this way, You know, a few years later and just all that is like wrapped up in this World Cup, what it means with Kansas City being a host city in 2026, like just so exciting. So if all of that to say, if you haven't been a part of it and you want to be a part of it, then you need to come down to power and light this Saturday, 9 a.m. U.S. men's national team taking on the Netherlands winning win or go home. That is what is on the line now until the end of this thing. In the next few weeks so that is what they've got to do we'll be there uh gates open i think at like seven thirty. it's going to be an early kick 9 a.m so go online get your tickets and uh see us down there because it's going to be a lot of fun and i cannot wait that said we are going to keep talking some world cup On soccer talks because that is what is going on right now. So, I am so happy to have my good friend Jordan Angeli on the show this week. And without further ado, let's jump into our interview because I plan to talk to her for like maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I think we went for almost an hour. So, here is Jordan Angeli on all things USMNT and World Cup. But first, want to shout out our friends at Emprise Bank. There's more options to do banking now more than ever. So who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, or even your smartwatch. A trusted partner is at your fingertips. I'm so excited to now welcome Jordan Angeli onto the show. Jordan is Not just an incredible analyst, reporter, host. She's done a little bit of everything covering Major League (laughs) Soccer. You probably heard her on the call for the Columbus Crew Games last couple of years on Valley Sports. She's also done a ton of work covering the NWSL, a league that she formerly played in as a pro, doing work for them as an analyst, a panelist, and a sideline reporter. She's done it all. She is also just an incredible person. Jordan, Angeli, welcome onto the show.
2: Thanks so much, Ali. I feel like I need to bring you with me wherever I go, and you can just announce me to people because that was so sweet. I loved all of that. Thanks for, thanks for such a warm welcome. I'm really excited to be here. I don't. I have the lack of Christmas decorations up, um, but I feel like at least my room's kind of clean, which is a positive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't look at the rest of, of my apartment yeah. right now. Because I'm trying to keep like what's good in frame. There's piles right. of
1: laundry everywhere. We don't tell um, people I,
2: the behind the scenes stuff. They don't no. even know.
1: It's hard when your studio is at home. Okay. The people don't need to see what goes on. I used to like, you know, going out to the stadium, you, you, you know, once we got out of like everything being virtual and being like, all right. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to pick up. I just had to get ready. I didn't have to I, pick up and, and make my exactly. home living situation look presentable uh,
3: um, as
1: well. But yeah, yeah, everything kind of just goes to the wayside when the World Cup is happening because in mm. addition to the U.S. men's national team, there are so many incredible games. I feel like this has been such an exciting World Cup that you almost don't want to miss any of the action. So I want to start there with you. Where have you been enjoying these games? What is your like World Cup schedule looked like now that you know all of the you know league play is either over Mm -hmm. or paused I mean all focus is on the world cup so what does that look like yeah
2: it feels a little weird because my cadence over the last few years has been and as has everybody's in major league soccer NWSL in the United States is this is a time where we have a little bit of rest and time away from the game um so it's been interesting for me because I moved back to Colorado from Columbus, Ohio, where I was working for the crew. And so I've been moving, and I have been spending a lot of time with my family. My sister lives here, and her um, she has two little kids. So I've been kind of soaking up time with them. And unfortunately, they don't nap during the World Cup games, so I am missing out on more games that I probably would have normally. But I'm still getting enough in and getting my fix and you know I haven't caught every game which in the World Cups past I probably have and if I were actually you know if we were working these games and I know you've been doing some work um, in Kansas City at some killer watch parties, but
1: it has been a lot of fun. But yeah,
2: yeah, I haven't seen all the games, but taxing. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I've seen enough, and it has been so wild. I think every year we get to this point during world cup cycles and in in the midst of the world cup we're like this is the craziest one yet mm-hmm. this is the craziest one yet but with some of the results after yesterday and today and like australia just went through today australia they barely made the world cup through a playoff and here they are going through and it is mayhem in australia i just saw some videos there before we popped on and it, it's really cool, especially cool for me to see Milos Stegenic, a part of that Australian team who was a member of the Columbus crew and MLS and um, a really just wise and insightful guy, uh, a lot of poise and presence with him and um, perspective, I think would be one thing. And to see him celebrating, kissing the camera, helping his team move forward. There have been so many moments like that, that this is why we love this. And this is why we tell everybody, not just during the World Cup, but leading up to it in the four years in between, we're like, just wait for the World Cup. Like, you're going to yes. you're gonna love it. And this is why we love it. It is just madness.
1: It is. And like, the stories are just incredible. Like, you I mentioned know. Australia going through. And I mean, whether it's an upset or, you know, a Cinderella story type situation, it's just, it's so cool to see all of these different players, these teams fans with so much history, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of all coming together for this one thing. But you know, you mentioned how important that lead up to the World Cup is. It's something that only happens every four years. And so if you miss out on qualifying for a World Cup, it does set you back. And US fans know that very well after missing out on the 2018 World Cup that made qualifying so much more stressful. There were so many question Mm -hmm. marks. I mean, there was really a kind of Um, turning of the page with all of these now young players who have never played in the World Cup except for DeAndre Edlin um, to to carry the U.S. through in in their hopes of making it to the finals and and Uh lifting this thing and maybe being that fun underdog kind of young scrappy team story to – I don't know, just yeah. ease the hearts and minds of American sports fans. Um, when you look back on, on the four years leading up to this world cup, are you surprised at all now that the group stage is done? The U S have advanced. Are you surprised at all that this was kind of what they were able to achieve up to this point?
2: I'm, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty in awe of this group because of some of the things that you had mentioned This is a really young team, second youngest team at the World Cup. You just mentioned the one player who had experience coming into this World Cup, DeAndre Yedlin, has not touched the field. And probably we would have asked or we would have thought that he would have been the substitute over Shaq Moore in some of these games, and Shaq Moore has come on. Like I was pretty shocked that that wasn't DeAndre Yedlin over Shaq Moore. So that one player hasn't seen the field. So you have this really young group. You have the expectations and the heartbreak that these young players have had to carry while also carrying the inexperience that they have. Yeah, they play at big clubs, but now you're putting this expectation on them and the heartbreak from the previous cycle all on these really young players. And this is where I'm in awe is that they've been able to shoulder that. They've been able to say, yeah, we don't want that to happen again and we're going to do everything in our power. And it hasn't been pretty. There's been a lot of questions and maybe more questions throughout World Cup qualifying than other teams would have to answer because of the previous cycle. But I feel like every single time they're hit with a test, they show up. And last year was a good example. They show up and they win the Gold Cup and they win the Nations League. Like they, the Was that what it was called? The Nations League? Now I can't remember what that was called. The one at the beginning of the summer where they played Mexico. They beat Mexico twice, but they win both yes. of those. Yes. Also, like we like the names are
1: just, you <laughs> know,
2: we're going to talk about the
1: names. They're all the same name, just like in with one slight difference.
2: And that's why I'm second guessing myself on that. But, anyways, they won both of those last year and they showed up. And I think that's what we have seen, even in this World Cup, is this team has the ability to block out all the chatter. It has the ability to do what maybe you wouldn't expect for them to do is to have that presence of experience with, even though they don't have it. So I, I've been very in awe of them in general of how, how they have poise and they've handled themselves and they've been able to do something that everybody expects them to do, which is really difficult to do that when everyone expects you to do it. Like if it, it was when, It was go into the knockout rounds or this would have all been a failure to a lot of people. I don't think I don't really think that way because I I feel like there has been so much growth, Um, but that was the expectation that they were shouldering and they came out and they figured out a way and it wasn't always pretty and they weren't perfect games. But um, it doesn't matter when you're at the World Cup. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be enough to advance and get yourself into the knockout rounds. And here they are.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm just, to, yes, it is. It was the Nations League. You had me second guessing as well. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> you know, there's the Nations champions, like, you know, cups this. Um, but yes, no, I, I agree with you. And it's interesting because it's, you know, the biggest talking point around this team is their age and their lack yeah. of experience when it comes to a World Cup and, you know, accomplishments with the national team. But as you mentioned, a lot of these guys do have experience playing in top leagues in the world. They've had to step up and rise to the occasion a number of times, even if it hasn't been within this setting. And it's interesting because I almost wonder if that lack of experience is almost their greatest strength at times because they they don't know what it is that they have to fear and Mm -hmm. kind of get that that sense at times and just hearing them talk and the maturity, the poise, like they they're going into this thing with confidence. Cause they don't know how all yeah. to act. They just lean back on, you know, what, what experience they do have. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of them, that's a heck of a lot.
2: Yeah. It can be, it can be an attribute for sure. A real benefit to not have the experience and be, to to be green in any situation. Right. And just to go out there and be yourself. And I think we're seeing that from a number of players, their, their ability to go out there and be themselves and to rise to the occasion and to show the world how good Americans are. And we've been seeing that over the last, you know, not that Americans didn't play in big leagues, for a long time, but we're seeing it in droves now in big numbers. And so now we're getting to see not only Tyler Adams be just so good for leads, but to be one of the best midfielders we've seen in the world cup this year is an American midfielder. And I'm not even saying that because I'm American. I truly feel like he has been that good at helping this team not give up difficult area, like not give up space in the middle of the field to stop transition moments, to really mitigate opportunities for the other team. He's, he's been outstanding. And, um, I think that's where the difference is going to come is now people are going to realize, okay, yeah, we've heard the Americans are good, but now we're really seeing it. And, um, I, yeah, there's a lot of players that I feel like have really stepped up.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: insanely exciting time in American soccer, because in 2026, it'll be here in North America, the U.S. to have gotten this far. I Mm -hmm. I mean, if they go past You know, Netherlands on Saturday, they've already achieved more than most other US national teams in the World Cup. So, that alone would be just a massive accomplishment. And I don't think one that, while a lot of people wanted them to get out of the group Mm -hmm. or expected them to get out of the group, I don't think many have expected them um, to go super far in this thing. But, you know, I want to go back to something that you said earlier, and that is, you know, in the World Cup, it doesn't really matter how you get the results that you need. What matters is that you advance and Mm -hmm. you get the job done at the end of the day. And there's been a lot of criticism of Greg Berhalter um, and his game management or lack thereof, particularly in the second halves of these group stage matches. What has been your assessment of the way that the U.S. have kind of come out in these games and in all three, I think started really strong, but, you know, little, uh, little anxiety and stressful moments to close them out. And, you know, of course, not maybe scoring as many goals to put themselves in positions to make Mm -hmm. them a little less
2: stressful. It's been interesting. And I would say there I've had criticisms too. And I think we've all, I think we've all asked questions and, and Greg Borhalter is not there sitting there saying I've done everything right. If everything I've heard of him and know of him is true, he is trying to figure out what is going on as far as how his team is playing in the first half and the second half and how it's so significantly different. I think, um, The first game against Wales, for me, I was really confused as to with the substitutions that came on at halftime and the change in how Wales was attacking going a lot more direct. I was surprised that the United States didn't switch some of their tactics as to how they were pressing and how they were recovering second balls. And I hope that that was something that was learned in that process. And all you can do at this time in this stage is Hope that the preparation that you've done to get to this moment has helped you and then learn from what you're from these tests that you're having every four days. Okay, did we get better from that? Do we are we able to adjust tactics when the opponent switches things at halftime? Okay, well, we we need to see a little bit more of that. I would say in the England game, I didn't feel that until the substitutions for England came on because I felt like the team played really well through about 70 minutes. England made a couple of subs. And that changed things. I felt like the counter sub should have come a little bit sooner just to stop their momentum. And then in this last game, the United States, they have played some of the best soccer we've seen them play in the first half, I would say against Wales, I would say against England. And then in this last game as well, against Iran, they played some really good football. But I wasn't expecting them up a goal to play the same way that they did in the first half to the second half because they scored that goal right before halftime. Now you come into the second half, knowing you need a win. They had an opportunity to score a second goal. And I I'm saying don't change everything and don't try not to score that second goal. Of course you have to score that second goal. Cause if the opponent gets one, they go on. I think the big question there, and I actually think the United States handled being up a goal late in the game really well. I thought their defensive line of pressure in their, um, It was a five-four-one. Their lines of pressure in their defensive half of the field. I thought they covered the the channels really well. Minus one time when Musa, who was exhausted, lost his footing, couldn't really get to the ball, ended up fouling, Um, and that was the header that glanced wide. And I almost thought I was going to um, lose, like pass out, because I thought they caught this (laughs) the tying goal there, Um, and then they bring in Zimmerman. I, I think that really is a great lesson because now, you know, there's going to be opportunities, but they can sure up a game and they can defend in this block and kill out some dying moments of the game. So I don't think I'm as hard on this last game as I was on the previous games. Cause I do feel like the tactics and the shift in some of the, the way that they were sitting defensively actually very much helped them. And they looked really comfortable with Acosta and Zimmerman and more on there. Um, but you're not going to have that, you know, the Netherlands are going to score that goal if they get that opportunity. So those are the little tweaks that they have to be just that much better in the the next game. But there there's always going to be criticisms, and people taking the head coach job of a national team know that. Um, Tata Martina knows that, and he now doesn't have a job anymore. Uh, yeah, you barely, that- by the way. I mean yeah. – yeah, Mexico.
1: Gosh, just needed one more goal in that game, and yeah, fair play, baby.
2: Right. So, so, for
1: anyone listening who doesn't know, like that it's... is what <laughs> cut Mexico out of the World <laughs> Cup, um, out of advancing in the World Cup was um, yellow card, card accumulation. That is, yeah. you know, another one of the tiebreakers that kind of factors in. So, so there. there's always <laughs> going to be
2: criticism. I think he can handle it. I think, um, you know, at this point. Our job is to talk about it. His job is to figure out how to change it. That works for his team. And nobody knows that team better than him. And um, yeah, we'll see. You know, this is this is what the, the fun part of the tournament happens. And I think sometimes where Americans might have a little bit of an advantage, because this is like, we play this style all the time. We play knockout rounds. And when you're thinking about MLS Cup playoffs, when you're yeah. thinking about growing up in youth tournaments, like you're playing knockout games to get to a final. And, um, you know, a lot of foreign leagues are not necessarily structured that way when it comes to how they, how they crown their winner. So maybe there's a little advantage to having the United States mentality in this, these knockout rounds. Yeah. A young brash
1: group who knows how to, you know, play with a lot on the line every, every single time you play anything, right. Mm -hmm. Like as a kid growing up, everything (laughs) was, you know there was always an elimination of some sort. Right. Um, But you know, when, when you look at just another um, I think area that a lot of people are wanting to play manager a little bit is when it comes to what those substitutions are when they are made, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, being a little surprised. I was as well to see Shaq Moore um, get the nod going in over DeAndre Yedlin. um, Another player that a lot of people have had a lot of, question marks around is Gio Reyna. Why is Gio Reyna not made it in the game? This is now of course led to US Soccer Twitter, which is always a very lively place, um, you know, to kind <laughs> of a good have word have for a, it. <laughs> speculate a ton. And I mean, I've even seen screen grabs of like, Gio Reyna walking into the team hotel, like everyone's celebrating, he's not. And it's that like, was
2: That was a weird video though. That
1: was a weird video. I'm not going to deny, but it, you know, it's, I just, my hope in like seeing all of this and reading all of this is that like, okay, if it's an issue on like US soccer, Twitter, whatever, we're all going to like, you know, Mm -hmm. have our questions and have our opinions. But like, is this a problem in the locker room? And I do think that, you know, whether that video means something or not, he could have just gotten like, you know, a crappy text from a girl that he likes or something getting off the bus. And I don't know. I mean, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, like who am I to yeah. say? I'm not, you know, I'm not there, but right. like, I also think though, that, you know, the disconnect between him and Berhalter when it comes to like his injury status, like all of these things are just like, and then all of that with the fact that he's not really getting any minutes, it's just like making you wonder what's going on there. Um, I, Obviously you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But what is your kind of thought around like Gio Reyna and if he's not being utilized, is there, is there any reason beyond like, Hey, maybe he's just hurt. Like is
2: what yeah. did you make
1: of, of all of this?
2: I think there's a, a very, a variety of different ways. We don't know. Like I, is, is there an injury there that we don't know about because he is so injury prone, And maybe that's why he's disappointed that he got to this place and he, he is injured. Um, I could understand that, but this is where I, I find that video really hit me in a, in a way where I now I'm questioning things because if you're on a team, it's different than if you're an individual and Mm -hmm. tennis players can show emotions differently because they're playing an individual sport than a person who's on a team. In going to the World Cup, you can have all the hopes you want to play a lot of minutes. But I saw DeAndre Yedlin coming into the hotel, having a good time, high-fiving the people that were there to support the United States of America. And he was embracing it. He hasn't played a minute. Gio's yeah. played more than that. And I think that's where I'm a little... It, it just makes me think, okay, what is going on here? And who, who is telling who's the person in his ear? Because if I was the person in his ear, I would say, Gio, you are an amazing player. You are very young. This could be the first of many world cups for you. But also if you're not a good teammate, it could be the last of many world cups for you. And I yeah. think that's where, I, I don't know what the situation is, but if it is, you know, we've heard rumors that there is something happening that could be stopping him from playing when it comes to his attitude. Does he deserve to play? Like the kid is unreal. Absolutely. But if it doesn't fit the coach's system, it doesn't fit the coach's system and you can't take away from your team at this moment you have to be the best teammate you can be, and sometimes that means you're not going to be on the field, and, um. And that's a hard lesson to learn, especially when you've been a superstar, and so into mm-hmm. to learn it at a world sta- on the world stage in the biggest tournament. And he never with the injuries he has, he might think, I, I don't know, will I get to go to many world cups? And now I'm not playing. Um,
1: and, and, so I, and I, I do I,
2: understand though too, like being young and. It's so hard to have like
1: that perspective at that time, yeah. especially if you do have some of that anxiety around like, Hey, I've had these injuries. I've maybe mm-hmm. been a letdown in some respects because I haven't been able to play every available minute yeah, due to injuries and, and stuff like that. But
2: And it's hard because when you're that young, your brain isn't fully developed. So you, something happens and you think it's like the end of the world, but literally your yeah. brain does not, cannot see that there is so much more to come because of Mm -hmm. brain development. And that's just a, that's just a scientific fact about how our brains are developed. They don't fully develop until we are like 28 years old. And so we don't get that type of reasoning until later in our life. And he's not that old yet. So, um, yeah, I think that there's a, there's some difficulties there, but if I were someone close to him right now, um, he still has an opportunity to be a big part of this team, whether it's through, you know, I don't know if he is injured, I don't know, but the way That video just set me into a spiral of of, it feels like it's something more than that and something that is he doesn't even look happy to be on a team advancing to the next round in the World Cup. Do you know there are players that didn't make this team that would love to be there? And I understand you can be as competitive as you want, and that is why you're on this team. But it's difficult because you also have to put the team Mm 1st
1: Yep, 100%. It was really fun talking with Benny Failhaber, who, of course, is an MLS veteran. Yeah. The MLS national team in World Cup. Um, and he said, you know, sometimes some of the coaching or coaches' decisions when naming the roster, of course, you have confidence that every guy that you name could go on to the field and, and do what they need to help the team win on the field. But there are also players that are pure like glue guy locker room type mm-hmm. decisions who are going to be really good for the off the field, which is, yeah. as you know, having played the game, like so important to the success mm-hmm. of a team is having a strong locker room. And that starts with yeah. good leaders, good personalities who can also, you know, help when someone is kind of maybe dropping off a little bit or, or struggling with some of that to to lift everybody up so that everyone's on the same page because, mm-hmm. you know, That's just that chemistry is irreplaceable. But Jordan, you mentioned injuries, and Mm. Christian Pulisic puts his body on the line, suffers a pelvic contusion. We've now learned, um, and scoring the game-winning goal for the United States, but that did not stop him from celebrating. He went full Chris Jenner. (laughs) Oh my gosh, your tweet
2: cracked me up.
1: (laughs) He was absolutely like capturing all the content, hyping up the guys, getting Mm back to the hotel, sending Snapchats.
2: I probably would have gone From with like the little bed the mean girl's mom you know oh, with yeah. the video camera but you know teach no. their own teach their own
1: revisionist history like maybe <laughs> I'll I'll make I'll make an all <laughs> this is a Jordan Angeli version of this tweet um, but I like absolutely love that because mm-hmm. I think that like clip more than anything else I've seen of Christian Pulisic ever like to me just embodied how much he like loves his team and loves this out. It was just like the most pure thing you've ever seen.
2: So for the Gio Reyna
1: thing to be like in the same video is kind of like, you know, you were on a roller coaster a little bit,
2: but. I think that's one of my favorite parts about um, big games in various sports is like the pure human element that comes out when you win the emotions, the crying, the like, grown men who are like these tough guys who have such an image are crying and jumping around like little kids you know like we we put on these fronts for so much but like for so much of our lives but then when something actually truly happens that affects your life like you go back to like human primal response and that's what i feel like christian was doing is just like i'm so happy these are my guys like it was just so joyful in that moment, um, with him capturing the, the, it was like a upscale tunnel, you know, the old tunnels what you used yeah. to run through at soccer, um, at the hotel. Oh, yeah. So that was cool.
1: <laughs> I watched it way too many times just cause yeah, it's like pure happiness smiles, mm-hmm. like the best, best just like little moment, like peek into yeah. like how this team is yeah. like feeling after that, that, um, Jedi Robinson breaking down into tears in the locker room. Like there's so many, like there are almost too many like clips from all, like I I could spend hours just kind of scrolling through all of it. But Christian Pulisic's injury, of course is something that is going to be talked about a lot now leading up to this game against the Netherlands. What's his availability looking like? You know, he of course is saying probably a little like in the heat of the moment, like I'm good to go. Like, don't worry about me. I'm going to be, you know, playing that game Mm -hmm. no matter what. But, Sometimes our bodies have um, different answers to those questions. Oh, yeah. Um, Brendan Aronson, though, looked really good in place of Christian Pulisic. So there maybe isn't as much concern there, although you do want arguably your best player yeah. on the field um, in this game. Just what do you make of Christian Pulisic's performance up to this point, securing the round of 16 advancement for the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what his role could be if it isn't on the field on Saturday.
2: Yeah. I think one of the things that I've heard, we probably all heard it a bajillion times today from Jenny Taft, but she was reporting that the U S does have just by happenstance, one of their PTs is a specialist in um, the pelvic area. So like if there is like a contusion or something on in, there's going to be good treatment happening. So if they can get him back for a game and they do have that a little bit extra of time, for that game on Saturday compared to the teams that just qualified today, mm-hmm. Um then that's going to be a benefit, but there is a possibility they aren't without him or they are without, without him on that game on Saturday, potentially. And we don't know. And I think that he did the right thing in that moment saying he's going to be ready because you can't make the other team think that one of your best players is not going to be playing. Right. Um, But for Christian, I, gosh, talk about expectation. This guy has, from the moment he hit the scene, he has been the Wonder Boy and the Wonder Kid and Captain America and all of the sayings that have gone along with him. And I feel like sometimes it has overwhelmed him and he's tried to do a little too much. And there are moments where I I think he does a little too much on the ball and loses the ball in areas where... It puts his teammates in bad spots. But I would say overall, through these three first games, I've been really, really impressed with his ability to be the outlet player, to link play for the the team, to dribble 1v1 at players. But not only that, just his positioning in certain areas of the field inside to Tempt a center back into that space and leave space and beyond for a teammate. His his work ethic shows up in ways where he's not always getting the ball, but he's providing an option for someone else on his team. And that, that has really, sh- I, I feel like, been evident in these games. He, and he's working his tail off. When he went out at halftime, he had already run six kilometers in the game. I think Tyler Adams at the end of the game ran 12 12 something yeah, which is
1: insane
2: which Tyler is insane.
1: Adams, yeah. But Christian Pulisic Like if, if you're
2: watching by the way like
1: just for anyone who maybe is like just getting into soccer for the first time now or maybe you're like really tuned in watching the US for mm-hmm. the first time in a long time watch Tyler Adams yeah. on the field. Just the way the ground that he covers The way that he helps just like orchestrate so much Mm -hmm. of what the United States does, both Mm -hmm. defensively and offensively.
2: I mean, he is, he's been unbelievable. He's like a sheep, like a cattle dog. Like he'll just shepherd people over here. He's like, oh, you won the ball. I'm just going to bring you right here. And then we're going to win the ball back and we're going to take it. Like there are so many moments where I've just been, I've been watching the game, the U S games at my friend, Sarah's house and She works with some of the the players. I know her through soccer. So she has some, some tight connections with some of the players and she's like, Jordan, stop it with Tyler Adams. I'm like, I can't, I love, I love him. I love him so much. And I've said it so many times because the, the guy is everywhere and he just has this, he can sniff out danger, win the ball back and keep possession for the U S and, um, Yeah. He's been excellent, but for him to cover 12 kilometers in a full game and for, and the U S had way less of the ball in the second half. Christian Mm -hmm. had already covered six kilometers when he went out at halftime. And I was like, I kept saying, I'm like, my mind is blown. The guy is working so hard off the ball to be an asset defensively as well, which hasn't always been there because he is so good on the ball. Sometimes you want to let him float, but he's been willing to do whatever he's had to do for this team. So it will be difficult, but the United States, they're strong in that area of the field. Mm-hmm. They have Geo, They have Brendan Aronson. I think Aronson will get the start if if Christian can't go. Um, but Aronson gives you a lot of the same on the ball looks that Christian Pulisic can do on the dribble one v one tight connections at the top of the box. Um, but his work rate is also relentless. So I think that they're in a good spot. If, he, if he can't go the full, full 90, um, he can also create a lot of errands can create a lot of problems. So, um, but I think after that, you know, Pulisic has made the like, People are going to have a statue of him now for scoring that goal. You know, that is going to be one of the goals that, and it was perfect Christian Pulisic late run at the back post. Um, He does this so many times, timing his run to perfection, but that is going to be a goal people are going to remember forever, like the Dempsey goal um, to to propel this team into the next round. It was so big time.
1: And it had to be him. It had had to to be Pulisicic. It had to be him adds to just the pageantry of it all. And
2: <laughs> yeah. It's so,
1: so fun, um, you know, for U.S. fans, just getting to experience mm-hmm. that moment. Jordan, a couple more questions for you as the U.S. now gets ready to take on the Netherlands. Ooh. What are your early thoughts on this matchup and how it either favors or maybe doesn't favor the United States? They're currently the underdogs going into this one if you're a, a, betting, yeah. a betting person, but...
2: What do you think? Yeah, well you might have to explain betting to me at another time because <laughs> I do not get it at all. But I would I would say bring on the underdogs. We we want to be the underdogs and I like being the underdogs. And one of the things that I've found in this tournament, I think from the Netherlands, from Belgium and from Denmark in particular those three teams, they have you know Denmark had a really good euros last year. Belgium has De Bruyne now, like what else do you need? Netherlands have some really good, solid players, Virgil van Dijk being one of them defensively. These three teams I think have underperformed and haven't been convincing in their play. And so I think that this is a good matchup for the United States, especially um, the quickness that they can provide through the middle of the field I think that they can really do a good job of shifting the ball and overloading the side through McKinney, Musa and Adams and the ground that those three can cover and their, their rotations that they make it difficult for the opponent to cover as much ground as, as they do. So I think that there's going to be opportunities for those three to really start to pull apart and pick apart this team, but the U S has to be smart in the way that they get into the box because when you have a player like Virgil van Dyke, you can't be playing crosses into the box. You can't be playing anything that he's just going to eat straight up. So um, can they be a little bit more clever about how they utilize? I would say what we were kind of seeing from Serginho Dest coming inside, pulling a center back out and, and either a shot from distance from him because he can always score a worldie or a quick combination at the top of the box. But that's that space, that half space at the top of the box on either side is going to be really important for the United States to win those battles and see if they can start to play a little bit of chess, you know, move players around so they can play through the lines. But overall I I'm kind of feeling, I'm kind of feeling this matchup. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't know if it ends in regulation time. Like I think the United States can really put up a, a really good fight. And that makes me want to say one player that we haven't mentioned. And I'm so glad. I mean, there's a lot of players we haven't mentioned. But I am so glad we brought Tim Ream. Yes. What? Could like, not how agree is more. He not, how has he not been on the team until now? I know well, he was with them and then he wasn't. And like, yeah, he, he's been excellent. He's been
1: phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, something that originally a lot of people said was maybe a reason that he was named to this roster was, you know, he's playing at Fulham. He's playing against a lot of, you know, these players, especially like going into the group stage, that game against England. It's like, Oh, Tim Ream's going to be, but he's been the best. Like, yeah, he's been the, the guy who's locked up the center back spot. Uh It's, you know, now Mm -hmm. the rotating spot next to him with Carter Vickers and Walker Zimmerman. Um, But defensively this team has Uh been, Phenomenal. Um, yeah. I don't have like the stats in front of me right now, but the fact that they have only conceded one goal through yeah. the group stage, and it was a penalty.
2: Mm-hmm. Matt
1: Turner playing some just what what has been working for this defense for the United States? Because I I will say that for me, I was a little surprised at how well they performed mm-hmm. um, throughout these three games.
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSC.
2: They they look solid. And I think one of the things that is interesting with the changes in that back line, like it's hard to hear each other when you're out on most the field and all Mm -hmm. the people in the stands are yelling and screaming. It's been loud in those stadiums. The way that they built them, I think really holds the sound in. So yeah, communication is going to be big time. And I, I think Matt Turner is one of the best communicators from that goalkeeper position and it helps him tremendously to see the ball when when shots are taken I feel like he's had a lot of really good looks so he can make the save um but I I feel like as a unit this this team knows their roles and I think that's why maybe a little bit why that first game against Wales was a little disappointing in the second half is because I don't feel like they were getting enough pressure on the ball in that defensive and midfield line and so it was just trickling down and they couldn't get their their transitions right and passing the player on right but as the games progress I feel like that's gotten a lot better one of the biggest things I feel like has worked for this team is they haven't allowed teams to really build through the middle of the field it's been Reem or Zimmerman or Carter Vickers stepping on the center forwards and winning the ball back high on the field for the United States and keeping the pressure on. That's why they've been so good in the first half. So um, I really do think that the, the mentality of this the unit of this squad has been just so locked in. And then you're seeing the connection between Robinson and Reem is so uh, it's just really built in from what they do in club soccer. I feel like the two center backs, no matter if it's Zimmerman, who, hasn't been great, but I don't think he's been as bad as everybody has made him out to be. He makes one mistake in the first the game. Yeah. It's a penalty. I I, I really think he's done all right, but I do understand the change to Carter Vickers when it <clears> comes to, can he play through the lines a little bit better? Cause Zimmerman hasn't been stellar in possession, but, but also he's been good at what he's been good at. And um, he came in and helped sure up the game in this last game. So I think Understanding their roles is has been really important because whatever the game plan been, has been for each in every game, you can see that they're out there knowing how even if they can't communicate with each other, can't hear each other to pass a player on like their awareness, the, their ability to check their shoulder, they're constantly scanning. And um, this team is really locked in when it comes to who they want to be defensively which is a very Greg Verhalter-style squad. He was like that with Columbus. Now he's like that with the U.S. team. And, um, I mean, it's not a surprise, right, from a defender that they would be defensive-minded and, and really locked in on that side.
1: Yes, no, of course. And, and it's, I, I think, just been really awesome to watch because as we talk about knockout rounds, I mean, having a solid defense is a great way if you want yep. and get through really tough games. Two more for you, Jordan, the number okay. nine. The number nine. What is, what is, what is the answer there? What do you, what have you made of that position? All of the talk around it and what mm-hmm. you've seen so far in this World Cup, minus Jesus Ferreira, who has not uh, made it onto the field, maybe a little bit surprisingly.
2: Yeah, that's a, that has surprised me, to be honest. Um, just because he is so good at coming into the midfield and playing a false nine and allowing then the wingers to get in beyond. And when you have a winger like Christian Pulisic, that is, can be very helpful. Um, So I'm surprised that Jesus Ferrer hasn't played. Um, But with that being said, I haven't had, okay. I know the center forwards, you want them to be scoring goals. That's the number one part of all of this, but I feel like Josh Sargent, was excellent in this last game against Iran. Um, I really liked what he had to do and his ability to hold the ball up, um, to put his body on the line, to connect the play and to understand when he could get into a passing lane at the, the right time. I thought his movement was excellent. And I thought Sergeant had a really, really good game this last game. Now I don't know what happened to him. It didn't, it didn't look awesome in that replay when he landed on his leg um, kind of on top of the ball. It looked like it was a hyperextension. I have a, I have an issue watching those things. Um, too many yeah. knee surgeries will do that to you, but I hope that he's all right. And if he's all right, I would go with him because I really do think, especially against uh Netherlands back line who can be aggressive to go step. Can he hold the, can he hold his um, body in front? hold the ball up, draw fouls, um, but then his ability to his quick movement in and around those players might be beneficial because I'm not saying they're slow, but they're big bodies and can he use a little bit of his agility? So I think he's the answer for me right now, but I also can see Haji Wright starting in this game just because of his stature and how that would go up against these center backs.
1: Yeah, definitely something that I think we're all eager to see is what I this know. lineup looks
2: like on Saturday. But each week we're like, or each game we're like, okay. I is, know. Which uh, some teams don't even have that, you know, I think there are a couple of positions where um, you don't really know who is going to, who is going to start. So yeah, we'll there's the guys
1: who are definitely like permanent marker on, you know, in the, yeah. the lineup, but then there are always the little, the tweaks, but mm-hmm. um, you know. You can see that as a pro and a negative, too, because the team's got depth on one hand and maybe some question marks at certain positions. But my last question for you, for anybody watching this game or watching the U.S., hopefully beyond just this game, but Mm -hmm. in this game, what is something, putting your analyst hat on, your former player hat on, that you're looking for from the U.S. in this game? Something that you think is going to be a difference maker or just some part of the game that you're really intrigued in this matchup to see?
2: Ooh. Um... I think we've seen, we've seen glimpses of this. And I think Tyler Adams has kind of stolen the spotlight in the middle of the field. But I think that this is there, there are two players that I think that could this could be a really big game for. One is Eunice Musa. I think Yunus Musa has now finally like we're starting to see him do some of the things where he he's a very um, confident player and he pulls things off and makes them look easy. Like he did a double scissors, took the ball away with his right foot and then like crossed the field with his next touch. Those are the types of things that I think once he finally feels comfortable in a, a situation, which again, he hasn't played in a world cup before. He's 20 years old. Just turned 20 years old. I think he's found his footing in his understanding that like, all right, I, I know the pace and I know how I can play in these games. I think he's going to have a massive game. And I think he's going to be really impactful for the United States when it comes to um, finding the pockets in between the lines and being that connecting piece. So um, look for Eunice Musa and what he can do centrally. And then the kid from the Netherlands playing for the United States, yeah. Eugenio Dest. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be really interesting because he said some, There's some been some comments that, you know, the United, he chose the United States because the United States was there from him when things weren't going great. And I think he, he is a swaggy guy. He is, he is a character I have heard. And I think he is going to bottle all of that up and be able to unleash that against players. He probably knows very well. Um, from his youth days. And so I I think this could be a really good, a really big game for him and a big opportunity for him to um, not necessarily score the goal, although I wouldn't be shocked if he did score a goal from, from distance, but to continue to impact the game as he did in the last game where he got an assist. So um, those are the two players that I'm like, I don't know. I just, I I love it. No, I love a lot of players on this team. It's hard to pick a few, but, um, I'm, I'm gonna say Eunice Musa on this one yeah
1: I I love it I'm also I I think Sergino Dest has really grown on me I was maybe a little critical after the first game against Wales um mm-hmm. but I think the way that he's like grown throughout this group stage and has yeah. just continued to like just make his yeah. impact and make his mark I feel like the U.S. have also missed like some of those bombs from outside the box or from distance have like gone way over. I hope that like that's another lesson that they have picked up from the group stage is like yeah. Let's get those down a little bit because we're close. <laughs> like we, yeah. we got the yeah. right idea. We just need to execute here a little. Bit. The
2: one other thing I would like to see in this tournament, and it doesn't have to necessarily be next game because if they win, they they get another game, is I want to see a Weston McKinney like Harry Potter, you know, his celebration. I just love yes. that, and I feel like that would be. Amazing to see on a World Cup stage. So yeah, we've um, really been deprived of like r- some good goal celebration. I know. Let's say gets
1: hurt, so we don't really get <laughs> much there. I know. And then, you know, you get one goal in the other, you know, between yeah. the other
2: Tim teams, Wea's so knee slide was pretty, it was pretty that was sick. pretty
1: sweet. I yeah, love Tim Wea. Yeah. Uh you're right though. This team is is just so exciting. So many mm-hmm. um, you know, just remarkable talents and i think incredibly mature poised confident Mm -hmm. players and sometimes it's those groups that go on to make a run and that's the exciting part of you know these kinds Mm -hmm. of tournaments so and
2: matt turner is gonna have to have a big game and and he probably will because matt turner's that's who he is
1: he is he's just uh it's just been so fun the coverage has been um Great. And I I think like for me, this is like the first World Cup that I followed the US in a long time where like social media is what it is now. Yeah, so I feel like we've true. gotten to see a lot yeah. of like just like even more kind of like behind the scenes and stuff like that, which has been really fun. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's just been awesome. But yeah, Jordan, you're so awesome. Fun. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge and talking yeah. some US MNT oh with gosh. me on the show.
2: Thank you so for having it. me. Yeah. You you guys are having fun in Kansas City. You're doing are you doing a watch party again for this next one?
1: You bet we are. I'm oh, actually yeah. going to be so- in a wedding Friday night. And my husband was like, You're you've gotta be there. I'm like, we I'm flying Friday night from this wedding in St. Louis back to Kansas City so that I can wake up because gates open at 7 30 a.m. It's gonna be you know an early kick. So oh my gosh. We are gonna okay. be
2: they're right. Now, well, Ellie. let's pray for um flights on time for Allie. But I've seen <laughs> Matt Beasler like Chug Chug Beers. I saw Nate was, didn't have a shirt on in one of the pictures I saw. That's I, uh, there's, th- there's stuff happening there that I have questions about. There's some, you also like, love to see. Yeah. So I don't know what those fans are in store for on Saturday morning, but I can imagine it's going to be mayhem. It is. So if you are uh, <laughs>
1: listening and you're in Kansas City, and you're like, how do I become a part of that? How do I see Matt Beisler possibly chug a beer? Maybe yeah. Katie take his shirt off. Men dressed as the founding fathers. Well, go online at sportingkc.com and you can get your tickets. They're free. You just need one to get and you know entry yeah, into the cool. area, which I don't know what happens to everybody. I think everyone just gets a little weird once they oh, walk yeah. into this crowd, but you gotta get weird. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> we'll all be getting weird on Saturdays. The US take on Netherlands, round of 16. Let's go, Jordan enjoy the rest of uh your week and also you, the match on saturday yes hopefully thank you. uh you know
2: we might be the getting vibes. the same amount the of vibes. sleep we might be the getting the, the same vibes. amount of sleep that night before
1: <laughs> yes no it's gonna be a lot of people um <gasps> up with nerves but it'll mm-hmm. be a lot of fun so yeah it'll thank be fun. you for taking so much time i did not mean to keep you this long but it was great no problem you. Yeah. so thanks for having me we'll talk soon